Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. We're in the middle of season seven for this podcast, where we're talking with some of my friends about what it's like to be in full-time ministry. We've already interviewed Mac Brock about leading worship and Mandy Mosley and Molly Moody about songwriting, as well as Tony Collier about speaking and ministering to women. And today I have two of my friends, Danielle and Casey Newsom. Danielle grew up as a pastor's kid leading worship and is now married to Christian Newsom. Danielle and Christian started Journey Church in Lee Summit, Missouri, and Casey is their teenage daughter, and she has just started leading worship for their student program. So Danielle, why don't you just take a minute to introduce yourself so my listeners can get to know you? Well, like you kind of said, I was an evangelist kid who my dad became a church planner when I was in high school, so kind of a EK to a PK. <laughs> and so I really had the privilege to grow up seeing people's lives change. It was an awesome way to grow up, just seeing people come to the Lord. Um, and got called into ministry when I was in eighth grade at Falls Creek Camp, which I'm sure your wow. husband Clayton has spoken yeah, at before. Yeah, he speaks there. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I just always had a heart for ministry and from then on knew that I wanted to go into ministry, but I didn't really knew, know what that looked like. And my dad always told me that I had to go to a Christian college, <laughs> at least my first year. <laughs> but I thought Christian colleges were weird, just to be honest. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought you had to wear like really long skirts and put your Some hair in a Some of them you do, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I didn't think I was going to do that, but then he took me on a visit to Liberty. Mm. And I just happened to be introduced to my husband briefly when I was a, a junior in high school when we went for that visit. Wow. Didn't know that two years later we would meet and get married (laughs) very Mm. short after. So I ended up at Liberty, um, met Christian. Christian played football there. And we got married after my freshman year of college. We just fell like madly in love and really started doing ministry together in college. He would be invited to speak at different youth group events and stuff. And so I would go with him and uh, we were both youth ministry majors and I interned at the middle school ministry at Thomas Road Baptist Church. And Mm. so we just kind of got started. And after that, we went into ministry together into youth ministry. And after 11 years, um, two kids later, serving in every kind of ministry capacity. I remember we would look at each other sometimes and be like, what are we doing? <laughs> like we would be in charge of VBS. So we knew like nothing about kids ministry. Like our idea of running kids ministry was you just throw candy at the kids. <laughs> well, that's mine. That's kind of my idea too. Bribe them <laughs> to love Jesus. I know. No, just kidding. And all the like volunteers who knew kids ministry were like, no, do not <laughs> give the kids candy. <laughs> that's funny. So it's funny because God like allowed us to have all these different ministry experiences. Mm -hmm. that at the time we were like kind of like annoyed like why are we doing this and then come to find out um in 2009 my husband was in korea at a church uh church growth conference there and he just been really having that kind of like holy discontent as bill hybels kind of calls it just a Mm -hmm. stirring he felt like 
God really wanted him to do something, but he just didn't know what it was. So Mm -hmm. he kind of made a deal with God, like, I'll do anything but plant a church. So just tell me what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. And while he was there, um, a pastor was speaking. And like in an instant, he felt like God spoke to his heart. He wrote in his journal, and we still show it to our church every year on our anniversary, Journey Church International, September 2011, Lee Summit, Missouri, like, or maybe Missouri, Jackson County, Missouri. We didn't Mm -hmm. even know it was in Jackson County at the time. And um, we kind of started that path of church planning, really having no idea what we were doing. And um, it's cool because six years later, um, our church is, God's just done some incredible things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, from... And you guys just built. Yeah. So all that time you were doing the load in, load out forever. Absolutely. For like five years, moved into our building um, on our fifth anniversary so went from one service to now we have four services, mm-hmm. a couple people to a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been really a really fun ride. So we're, we're really enjoying it. We're learning a lot. And it's kind of crazy to think. I remember when Christian first told me, um, you know, we're going to plant a church. I was like, oh, Lord, is it fair to have to do this twice in one wow. lifetime? Yeah. But God's been really good. So, Because you felt like, uh, are you talking about the first time would be with your parents? Yeah. 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 Just as a, you know, a How high school old were you? kid. So you would be Casey's. About yeah, a little Casey's older age. than her. I was a couple years older than her. So, Casey, tell me a little bit about you. I've seen some um, Instagram videos of you leading worship now. Yes. And um, tell me about your life and your story with Jesus. Well, so I've obviously am still growing up as a pastor's kid, and it's been that way all my life. And I remember in first grade, like in the middle of the year, our parents told us that we were moving. So we moved to a new school and to a new house and to a new neighborhood. But that was really good because I made a lot of friends at my school. And then kind of just throughout like my life, I've been trying to find my own faith rather than my parents' faith. So... Mm-hmm. At youth camp this past summer, I was called into full-time ministry, so Mm -hmm. I know that's what I'm going to do one day, too, kind of following in their footsteps. And yes, I have started leading worship with my student ministry worship team, and that has been a blast because we're all like one big family together. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just really trying to expand and become the woman that I know God has planned for me to be mm-hmm. with everything that I can. My kids probably think I'm hilarious because, you know, growing up in the ministry, you know, and especially in youth ministry, you always meet all those kids who like, oh, well, my parents told me I was a Christian. So like every year we go to youth camp, I'll be like, now listen, <laughs> like if God works and you want to go down and get saved, and my son will be like, mom, I'm already saved. I'll be like, well, just in case. <laughs> no you know, pressure, no yeah, pressure. I never, I never want you to feel like you can't go down because you're a pastor's kid. Like if God right. tells you to do something, do it. But they'll be like, mom, we've yeah. done this already. <laughs> I actually had a moment like that a little bit with Jacob this year. He um, actually, oh, it was at Winter Conference. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the book table and he apparently grabbed Clayton and was crying. Wow. And someone said, you need to go in there. And, you know, I don't, I can't tell you all the things in my head, running through my head, like what's wrong with yeah. Jacob right now? Like, I don't know what kind of conversation I'm walking into. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't find them anywhere. So I was looking everywhere. Does anyone know where Jacob is? Does anyone know where Clayton is? And then I found them in a room and, and Jake, Jacob had been crying and Clayton looked like he'd been crying, but they looked like they were done talking. Yeah. And so I'm like, Okay, well, great. I, I guess we'll just now. talk later. You know, like, and all his friends are there, and I'm thinking, I need to know what this life changing thing that's Seriously. going on. And so, um, it was really funny because that night Clayton said, 
I'll let Jacob tell you, mm-hmm. but I want you to know good things are happening in his life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to wait three days to talk <laughs> to my son? So anyway, pretty much, um, I wasn't sure what it was. Is it like sin? Is it repentance? Mm-hmm. Is it whatever? But mm-hmm. apparently he had had a moment in the service where I think I was, it might've been me speaking that night. That's what's mm-hmm. crazy. Wow. Um, but he had had a moment where he realized this kind of the same thing. He had all these Am I a Christian? Mm-hmm. It was my salvation real. And I can't remember the details and probably mm-hmm. I shouldn't share them all anyway mm-hmm. because this is like a public audience yeah. and this is my son's <laughs> moment. But all that to say, something happened that night mm-hmm. to where that assurance was given to him that it wasn't something he just lived with growing up. It mm-hmm. was this like breakthrough in his heart where he owned it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've and i been like you a little bit thinking, I don't want them to just grow up with faith and think that they're Christians just because they've been around us in this bubble, yeah, but absolutely. to actually own it. And so if they feel like they need to get saved mm. or baptized or anything, exactly. I am so good with that. Just totally let me Do know. It. And yeah, there's yeah. no judgment, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So when you tell me that you're learning to own your faith and what that means to not be you know, it, it to be your parents' faith. What does that mean practically for you? Because I, I just think, um, I think that teenagers out there need to hear this thought process. Yeah. Well, I know that I probably first got my own realization when I was like in seventh grade, because just when we were at youth camp that year, I realized that like, you know, it's not like I hid my faith, but it's not like I really shared it. So. Mm. I've been working a lot this year on reading my Bible more and like trying to become like my own relationship with God. Like I want to be able to like know his word and to be able to share my faith with others rather than like my parents' faith with others. Mm -hmm. And so, you Mm -hmm. know, I've been working on sharing it more in school and really just making it my own so that I can like have my own relationship with God. Mm Mm-hmm. Will you tell me about one time? Can you tell me about one time you had to share your faith and what that felt like? Um, yeah, I had this really good friend in my uh, in my school this year, and like, so it was like it was crazy. The first day of school, like at my sixth hour, my entire schedule got changed around, and I got four new classes, and this girl was in all of them. Mm. And so I just like we became really good friends after a couple of days, and I just felt like God was telling me like. Mm you know, you need to like, you know, you need to invite this girl to youth group. So I invited her once and I'm planning on inviting her again, but she just kind of had been telling me more about it. Just that like, you know, like she wished she was religious and like that she wished she could do these things. So I really have just kind of had to like bring her to church and, you know, kind of show her my faith in Mm -hmm. motion. And because, I mean, everybody knows that, like, my parents mm-hmm. are pastors and stuff. But it was cool to just be able to show her, like, a part of my life and a part of how it impacts me. Because it just, I felt like it was able to show her a little bit more. And I felt like she almost took my faith a little bit more seriously after she That's saw it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love that you were bold in that way. What are some ways that you think the world misinterprets the role of a pastor's mm-hmm. wife or who a pastor's wife is? Well, I think it's interesting because I feel like everybody has an impression and I think the old school impression was like the lady who played the piano or the organ or probably mm-hmm. like my impression of Christian college, <laughs> the too. long skirt and the yeah, bun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so now I think the pressure is that um, some people expect a pastor's wife to be really involved and run the children's ministry. And then I think mm-hmm. other people think they should be less involved and 
just support their husband and, you know, smile like a politician's (laughs) wife, I guess. Um, And I think what I'm learning is that every person has to decide what their calling is. Mm -hmm. Um, God's given each person a different calling. And I think it looks different in different seasons of your life, too. So I think... um, when I think about myself, I always think like, oh, Lord, I think I'm too much for people. Mm. <laughs> I'm like too involved, maybe, you know, I care too much. I'm mm. just really passionate about everything and every ministry. And so sometimes I kind of ask myself, I'll, I'll go to an event or do something and be like, okay, maybe I maybe I said too much. <laughs> yeah. What do you think some expectations of people have of a pastor's kid? Oh, yeah. That one's, <laughs> that one's hard, right? That one's always a hard one. I am. Um, I always felt that, like, as a pastor's kid, you were supposed to kind of be, like, you know, quiet and, like, in the background, (laughs) but in the front when people needed you to be. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, it took me a long time to get over the fact that, like, I did not have to be, like, the leader of everything. Because, like, I thought that I had to, since I was a pastor's kid, I had to, like, lead my small group. Like, I had to be in the front lines of everything. So I think, like, the expectations for some pastor's kids is just that, you know, like, they're respectful, they're there when you need them, but they're not there when you're not. Like, Mm. you just have to be, like, a good kid in general, too. Like, I always felt for a long time, like, I couldn't mess up because if I messed up, it would reflect bad on them. Yep. You probably, you had that too, Danielle, because you're a pastor's daughter. Hello. Yeah. I don't know how many like meals we went to and it was like, don't talk during this (laughs) meal. (laughs) Like you can only do that for so long before you're bored to death. Yes. So the purpose of the podcast, I think is to say, you know, we live in a world where we're going to experience trials and struggles and evil, Mm -hmm. like all of these things. But the things that we go through, even our own sin and the way that we interpret the world mm-hmm. can can take us away from who God is. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I know you've overcome a ton. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to talk about all that. But um, <laughs> You need a lot more podcasts. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, everybody has a story, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but I know that lows can be something hard to talk mm-hmm. about. But I know that lows also give God so much glory mm-hmm. when we get through them and we can look back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the moment, sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. um, and God seems mean or confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it's over, I think that we can see his character because we're not translating it through emotions. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'd love for you to share a low. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think probably two things came to my mind right away. Um, just in general, I've been surprised at the heavy burden of leadership Mm. Um, cause my husband and I were in ministry for like 11 or 12 years together before we started leading our own ministry mm-hmm. and just the toll that that takes on you in your marriage, um, got, I think just the heavy burden of carrying leadership all the time, a responsibility for an organization. Then you start hiring staff and you mm-hmm. start to realize like, oh my gosh, we're responsible for all these people mm-hmm. as well. And your church starts to grow, which you're excited about. But um, one pastor friend said, told us, he said, there's bad stress and there's good stress. Mm-hmm. He's like, good stress is your church is growing too fast, mm-hmm. but it still feels like stress. So for us, for Christian and I, I think um, there's been some really hard moments that you know, I've looked at him and said, man, I will always love you, but like, I don't like who we are right now. I don't Mm -hmm. know that we're handling these burdens good together. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just really thankful for the people in ministry who aren't ashamed to talk about 
having a good counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like God's put some amazing people around us. We have a counselor we'll go see when we need to, and he's got a pastoral coach who will speak into his life. Um, so I think I'm really thankful that people have kind of taken pastors off a pedestal mm-hmm. and kind of led the way for health, mm-hmm. emotional, physical, spiritual health. Um, but then also I think, you know, probably the second thing is I think um, I think you get hurt sometimes because people just say hurtful, mean things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's totally off the wall things. Like I remember one time somebody sent us like an anonymous <laughs> note or email or something about – um, you know, I like shoes and I was wearing a really cute pair of boots with these cute like metal studs mm-hmm. on them one Sunday to lead worship. And somebody's comment was like, that worship leader's shoes, like what is she trying to prove? So flashy. What's yeah. wrong with her? She's <laughs> distracting like, from the Lord. I, was like, I don't know. I guess that I like cute shoes. That's mm. what I'm trying to prove. Um, so sometimes people will say just, just things that They're hurt. not thinking. No. Yeah. yeah. And so things that people say that hurt can be hard, but then also sometimes people close to you, mm-hmm. you know, leaders in the church, people who are your friends say stuff um, that's hurtful or might, might be harsh. And I think that I'm really just in a place where I, I've been reading through the New Testament this year and really intentionally looking at people in ministry. And I thought, man, not everyone liked Jesus mm-hmm. and he's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And not everyone liked Paul. And Mm -hmm. like, hello, Paul got in a fight with some of his ministry friends. Like you just see like, you know, this stuff happened and it's continuing to happen. And so I feel like I'm just asking the Lord, would you just keep me humble enough to try to hear people out? Because maybe there is sometimes some feedback or criticism that might help me. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you want me to grow out of this? Yeah. But then also just processing those hurts sometime and releasing them to him and hoping that he'll use it to make me a better person, but it really hurts and it stinks sometimes too. Yeah. I think filtering through comments and criticisms, I think learning how to receive the right criticism in a good way mm-hmm. is so important, but it's really hard to do that when you mm-hmm. feel like there's so much unneeded criticism, mm-hmm. stuff that just doesn't even need to come your way. Mm-hmm. And so when you want to be a person who receives good criticism, it's hard when there's such a pile of them coming mm-hmm. in that yeah. are not needed or not constructive at all. And it's tempting to just shut yourself off completely. Exactly. I was thinking about this. I think that's one of Satan's greatest tools because we, so many of us can think of a pastor's wife we know mm-hmm. who like has built these walls around mm-hmm. her and she's not really connected at church. She doesn't really have friends. And I think what happens is they're walls that you put up to protect yourself yeah. emotionally. And the first thing that happens to me when I feel like some of that happens is I start to think to myself, well, I'm just going to, it, it is like, I'm going to, I'm going to pull back. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be friends with anyone in the yeah. church. Or I've I'm thought, not I don't have to. to do this. I don't have to, yeah. put, I've had those thoughts. I don't have to put myself out there yeah. like this. I don't have to be this vulnerable. And the hard thing for me is that I feel like vulnerability is one great thing that the Lord can use. But yeah, when you absolutely. make yourself vulnerable and when you put yourself out there in humility, mm-hmm. some people will walk all over you whether they think you don't know what you're doing or whether they think they're going to use your sin against you mm-hmm. or or whatever. It can mm-hmm. be taken the wrong way. But for the people who um, can respect that, it's such a great tool of ministry. So mm-hmm. what do you do? I mean, you know, yeah. it's like you have it's to, hard. you still have to be yourself, but you have to figure out how to filter through. I think unforgive, learn how to forgive, learn how to let go, learn how to let things roll off your back mm-hmm. and 
still be the same person. The only way to do that is stay close to Jesus. It, I think, it I is. mean, it literally is the only way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you can let those things actually, you can use those things in your life to develop a newer sense and a greater sense of intimacy mm-hmm. in your walk with the Lord. Because let's, let's face it. When do you have your like greatest spiritual breakthrough? It's not when it's like the highs, it's like, mm-hmm. woo. It's usually in your lows when God has walked through a really hard situation with you that mm-hmm. you're just like in marriage, right? Like, mm-hmm friendships anything when you walk through a really hard situation with someone you're always closer on the other side of that Mm -hmm. and I think that's what I'm finding and I appreciate that part of it even though at the time like Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't want to repeat some of those situations again yeah I appreciate the outcome of those situations yeah um but it's weird because you know I was thinking the other day about how Jesus told um Peter like Satan has asked to sift you Mm -hmm. and there's been specific situations that have happened to us where I've just known like I'm being sifted. Yeah, Yeah. like this is Satan. He is trying to sift us. And we can choose to give him the glory or um, we cannot. You know, I was reading in my devotions this week, Paul wrote this one chapter where he said, "Um, I am what I am. And like by God's grace, I am what I am. And his grace is not without effect on me. Mm. And I was thinking about Paul because here he was, a persecutor of Christians, probably killed Christians. And mm. then God sent him to minister to, to the same people he killed. To the people who were terrified of him. Yes. Yeah. So like you can imagine the guilt he would have carried. Mm-hmm. And I have had some stuff in my life that I'm ashamed of mm-hmm. that I feel like Satan wants to bring up. And I just wrote my journal that day. I thought... Lord, let this be my testimony because everything that you've allowed me to go through has been for a reason. You've Mm. used all of it. So I am what I am. Mm -hmm. Here's me, people. I am what I am. And guess what? God's grace is not without effect in my life. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think it's so interesting when you hear about the sifting, when you talk about the sifting, I think of Job. Yeah. I mean, like God gave Satan permission. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been studying and, and reading about Ruth and... Naomi, I think, is a female um, Mm. Job in the Old Testament. If you really look at her life, everything was taken, Mm -hmm. um, and the Lord gave so much back. But she was sifted like crazy. So I think that the interesting point in all of that is that God allows the sifting. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you can become resentful of God, Mm -hmm. or you can say, okay, Mm -hmm. like there is something I need to be learned. I, I need to learn from this. But also, I need to be aware that Satan's trying to tear me apart. So exactly. it's like a, it's like a, you're guarding yourself. You're putting your armor on, but then you're, uh, you're keeping your eyes open and your heart open to what mm-hmm. God's trying to teach you. Yeah, and so. it's almost like every person in ministry needs a plan in advance. Because mm-hmm. like, here's the deal: if you're walking through a great season right now, mm-hmm. we're so happy for you. <laughs> What's your plan? What's your plan, Danielle? Do you Honestly, have a plan? I, I feel like I do. Like I have a couple counselors that Mm -hmm. I like have their number on speed dial. If anybody has speed dial anymore, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I have certain friends in ministry like you and others. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like when stuff comes, it's like, okay, these, I, I need to have some lifelines I can reach out to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's almost like in those times I know, okay, this is when I need to have more time Mm -hmm. in the word and more time just in silence and solitude, letting God speak to my heart, not less, you know? So here's a question for you, um, a family question. What is the greatest quality that you see in your brother, and how do you try to <laughs> encourage him in that? Yes, Casey, do tell us. I oh. know, it's hard, but... Well, um, like something that not a lot of people would see when they first look at him, because, you know, he's like a big guy who plays football and he jokes around a lot, but when you really get to know him, he really gives great advice. 
Mm. And he, um, he just, he always has good advice and he always seems to know what to do in certain situations. Mm. And so I love to ask him for advice about, you know, stuff with high school and stuff with friends because I always trust what he tells me to do because he just like, he seems so wise in that area. And so, you know, even when he can be really annoying sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he's your brother. Yeah. We're talking to love we're listening just, to this later. Yeah. <laughs> we're just trying to pull good stuff out. I just, yeah. I know that like you can always find something bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like when we choose to try to find something yeah. good, especially in a, a sibling. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good. Sure. Mm-hmm. My brother actually, um, <laughs> so my mom's getting married and we were all going to go down to Savannah to her wedding so I'm like planning going down and all this kind of stuff, really wanting my brother to come too. And his wife texted me the other day and said, oh, um, we just bought a house not coming to the wedding. And I was like, what? And then I thought, well, I totally understand that. Buying a house is a lot of money. Maybe they can't afford it. All this stuff, I was trying to explain it away. And in the back of my mind, I told, I, I've already told her this, so this is not like confessing anything bad. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I think they might actually regret that down the road, you know? Yeah. But, and... Because it, you know, I'm mm-hmm. anyway, just because I think it says a lot to just be there for someone, you know. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, little did I know, I talked to her today and she sent me some weird text and I couldn't understand. It was very jarbled and not really like <laughs> clear. And I thought it said, um, I wasn't sure what she meant. So I called her back and I found out my brother was trying to pr- play a joke on me. It wasn't even serious. <laughs> He just decided to play a joke and to tell me they weren't coming. Oh, my god! But didn't send anything like, just kidding. Yeah. None of that. And Elizabeth, his wife, wanted to send me that. She wanted to say, yeah. just kidding right away. But she said that Chase thought it would be funnier oh to make it, me hold out and think oh. that they really weren't coming. And then they forgot to tell me. And oh so it's like god. a week oh, later. No. And I told her, I was like, that's not funny. That kind of humor is not funny. You know, so... It's really funny. So but Casey, he's just like so you know, he's it. never gonna change. He's <laughs> yes. just gonna go on for years. I mean, you're always gonna there's <laughs> always gonna be that. something. And how is it that brothers always know like just the right points to push yes. to just drive you crazy? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Danielle, let's let's move. I wanna ask you, what is your favorite thing about your husband? Um oh gosh, besides that he's cute. Yes, well, of course that. <laughs> Um, I just think, you know, we're like best friends. Mm -hmm. If we ever have time, you know, we really want to be with each other. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think just that we're still, we just enjoy being together. I think that's probably my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Besides all the like obvious answers, like, you know, he's, he's obviously a great, he's a great man. He loves the Lord. Um, I'm really thankful for, I feel like he serves his family really well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's always willing to help out around the house. He's helping coach Christian's football team. He, he, he goes out of his way to do things that he'd probably not rather do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, we just really like hanging out together. I think it's my favorite thing is just that we're friends, you yeah. know. Well, we like friends hanging out with y'all. We miss – we went to Chicago with them, and it's been forever ago. We need to do it again. Totally. But, um, so here, here's – Here's that question. What is one of y'all's family's uh, most embarrassing like story that you have lately? You're already laughing, we so I know trying, this one. We were talking about this. I was asking her. I was like, do, I was like, do we do enough embarrassing things? 
So just recently we were on vacation together and at the resort we were at, they had a pickleball court. And now that the kids are old enough that Mm -hmm. we can like play together, which pickleball is kind of like tennis, but like slower, Mm -hmm. sort of. It's a different kind of court and paddles. (laughs) And so we're playing and we always do it, you know, one of the boys with one of the girls. I think all the older people play that at the Y. And it's yes. so much okay. fun. Okay. I like totally. I was like, we need to put a pickleball court okay. in our backyard. I don't know. I don't know what it, I haven't seen. It. I just know Jacob got kicked off of the basketball court when they all did. <laughs> when they all came in and they were like, yeah. we need to play pickleball now. And oh, it's he was so like, fun. It's okay. like yeah. a smaller, easier version of tennis. Okay, but. So we get a little competitive when we play together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The boys might be just a tad more athletic than the girls. <laughs> <laughs> so to overcompensate for that, Casey and I will participate in a lot of trash talking. Mm. Oh, of course. And uh, so Casey was had a few good hits and was feeling pretty good about herself. And um, Big Christian was telling her, oh, Casey, pride comes before the fall. Y'all have a big Christian and a little Christian. Christian I'm just Christian. clarifying. Yeah. So uh-huh. your son is little Christian. Yeah. Although I think he changed his handle, but anyway, he did. and then his, uh, and then your husband is big mm-hmm. Christian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's like, Hey Casey, pride comes before the fall. So we were on opposite teams. So of course it was more yeah. for me. So I kid you not, like two seconds after he said that <laughs> he was going for the ball uh-huh. and like missed it and <laughs> like tripped over the net and oh, like got no. stuck in fell it down, like, and you fell down and you're like sucka yeah, I know exactly. I was like well Sid just said it course, right after he says pride comes before the ball and then he wipes out it was awesome yeah That's he awesome. was pretty oh, epic it was so funny yeah so good all right we're gonna end on you Casey I want to ask you a question if you were gonna sit like just pick one person not in the bible you okay. can choose the bible I guess but I feel like one person in the world, besides in the Bible, who would it be to like sit with, who you admire, like a hero of yours? Oh, hmm. I, okay, do you know who Holland, oh, no, not that. Do you know Sadie Robertson? Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to talk with her mm-hmm. because she's always been like someone that I've really looked up to personally, just mm-hmm. the way she shares her faith and the way she's vulnerable. And she's a great speaker too. Mm-hmm. So I would love to just. What would you her. ask her? Uh, I don't know, probably just how she does it and like keeps up with it all of these years and just like pursues it so passionately, especially mm-hmm. with all the attention that her and her family get. That's a great question. Well, ladies, I just want to thank you so much for traveling all the way up from Georgia today to record with me. And I know that you've helped some of our listeners understand a little bit more of what it's like not only to grow up in the church, but also to have roles of responsibility and leadership. I love you both. And we will be praying for your church, Journey Church. Thank you for tuning in to Overcoming Monday. And we hope we've given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough. Hey, Overcoming Monday listeners, our ministry is hosting a brand new event next year, and we want you to be there. Join us in Asheville, North Carolina for our first Crossroads Marriage Conference. Now, whether you've been married for 20 years, just got engaged, are newly married, seriously dating, or even single, this conference is for you. A healthy marriage does not come naturally. It requires constant attention, love, and a lot of wisdom. On November 1st and 2nd, you will be taken through two intentional days of insight, giving you a glimpse into what godly relationships look like to learn healthy habits, gain wisdom in preparation for marriage, receive tools to strengthen your relationship, and ultimately see how God's word elevates marriage as a powerful witness of his love for us to a watching world. 
please visit crossroadsmarriageconference.com for more information. This podcast happens because of you. There are three ways you can help us reach even more people. Be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at shariking99. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to CKM, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry at claytonking.com give. And of course, subscribe. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out her blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.